Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome back to the XX Mormon podcast on uh, KQED. Just kidding. I, I think that's like a radio station in New York or something. <laughs> I don't know how the Americans like number their radio stations, but there's obviously like some pattern to it, mm-hmm. and it fascinates me. If anybody has uh, like a, a video that explains that or you know knows the reason, email us at unmormon at gmail.com. That is our email, right, Bishop? That's correct. Perfect. Well, um, I am Elder Jackson, and today presiding up on the stand here is Bishop Jensen himself. Wow, welcome. Welcome, Bishop Jensen. Thanks for uh, joining us today. You know what? Like our our faux sacrament meeting intro, I know we've just started doing it like every episode, and it still makes me chuckle to myself every time you do it. Well, I try and and shake it up a little bit, you know, like I I kind of almost (laughs) turned it into like, Good morning, America, um, where like, oh, today we have a lovely guest on the show today. You might recognize him from the XX Mormon podcast and some other podcast projects that Bishop refuses to let me uh, let me plug for people here. But um, <laughs> truly, he is an inspiring person. I mean, tell us, Bishop, how do you do it? I mean, manage all these highly successful podcasts that I'm a part of. <laughs> yes, because you're doing the management of them for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elder Jackson, it's simple. It all starts with a spreadsheet. It does. That Every... spreadsheet becomes a list. <laughs> yes. Then that list ends up getting discarded and rarely used. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you know what? Um, Something I've gained a testimony of after... Uh, leaving the church is that all good things come from spreadsheets. Uh, yeah. Of the of these things, I I testify uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, amen. Uh, that's not mm-hmm. the end of the podcast. That's just the end of my little mini testimony there. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm excited for this episode. We're we're doing something just much more casual, much more chill, um, a kind of casual hangout with with your old buddies, uh, Bishop Jensen and Elder Jackson. Um, we're, uh, gonna, we're gonna answer some listener questions here. Um, Bishop, if, if you wanna pull up the listener questions and uh, what's, the, what's the first one we got going on? I don't, I don't have listener questions. I think, well, first one is how do you guys get to be so handsome? Oh, um, great question. A steady diet of Mountain Dew and Doritos. Doritos. (laughs) (laughs) With a side of anime. With a side of anime. I actually actually can't drink Mountain Dew. I had an allergic reaction to it. Fun fact about me. Yeah, I might actually actually be... uh, Have some sort of reaction to to caffeine. (laughs) The uh, last time I had Mountain Dew, which I... I So... I never had American Mountain Dew, American Mountain Dew, but I think Canadian Mountain Dew has caffeine in it now too, but it didn't mm-hmm. when I was growing up. And oh, okay. um, yeah, when I had American Mountain Dew, I got hives for a whole whole week. Like I was max dose on Benadryl wow. for a whole week, um, just wow. like hanging around, just um, yeah, resisting the urge to itch because if anybody has had hives before, mm-hmm. it, itching does nothing for it. Like it doesn't. It, just, it makes it worse, um, but you want to itch, but you know it makes it worse. It's terrible. It's a terrible experience. Mm-hmm. Highly advise against having allergies. Um, 
Yeah. So expose your kids to uh, peanut butter and stuff early on so that they can, so that their bodies know those things aren't going to kill them. Um, but yeah, now that we've had a health talk here on the XX Mormon podcast, um, let's actually look up listener questions. Uh, fill the dead air while I uh, look this up. Well, do you know what? Funny, while we were talking about spreadsheets, I went looking through my Dropbox to see if I'd kept this, but I think I deleted it a long time ago. I, As I was losing my testimony, but like not realizing that I was losing my testimony, I actually won General Conference, and speaking of which, we are recording on General Conference weekend. I Hurrah. started making a spreadsheet, and I would just start listing like every time a general authority... Uh, made like a statement of fact without substantiating their reasoning. Um, every time they uh, quoted something without a source, said something misleading. And when I look back, on, I'm like, why was I doing that? I don't know. I think I was just getting frustrated with general conference and just starting to hear some things where I was like, this isn't passing the sniff test. Right. Like this smells like bull bullshit but I just can't put my finger on it. So let me start like charting this stuff. And then, and then I uh, was just getting so angry. I think I probably told myself what I was doing was causing me to lose the spirit and I stopped doing it. But Well, did, did you get the spirit back? No. Oh man. No. Have I talked to you about how like I never want to have another spiritual experience again? Cause they always like, led me to a disaster. No. Tell, tell me about it. Well, I mean, like, enough of them are in my top top ten dumbest things I did while I was Mormon. Um, but just, like, the more I tried to get spiritual guidance and revelation, the more I would work myself up into things and the more I would do dumb things because I thought that the Spirit had told me to do them. Mm. So I just kept doing perpetually dumber and more embarrassing things. Because I was, like, becoming an auto-indoctrinated zealot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I never want to feel something like that again. Yeah. Where it's really, it's like, it's basically like you have an epiphany. And then you're like, oh, God told me this. Now I have to do it. But now usually, like, if I have an epiphany, I'm like, I'm going to sleep on this and see if I feel the same way about it tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. Usually I don't. Yeah, because it's like you get an epiphany and then you start talking to some other people about your new grand idea and then once you bounce it off some other people and hear yourself say it out loud, it'll either be like this is a good idea or a bad idea. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I remember, so speaking of spiritual experiences that make you do dumb things, I remember always like when I was driving, because mm -hmm. um, driving is dangerous, okay? Like <laughs> driving, totally. is, it's a serious thing. Um, yeah. and, uh, and so whenever I was driving, like as a teenager, I would think, okay, I have to listen to the spirit. Cause you'd always hear these stories about how people felt the spirit and then they took a different route and they avoided a car accident. Like there was a car accident on their other route or whatever, right? Some yeah. miracle. And so I'd always be listening to the spirit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that like pretty much every time I would drive somewhere, I would be like, I should take a different route. Every time it occurred to me that sometimes the spirit might prompt you to take a different route, I would be mm -hmm. like, I need to take a different route. Mm -hmm. And 
I like would take these weird, wacky routes to all sorts of places and just mm-hmm. drive around the block an extra time, just like out of superstition and mm-hmm. before arriving at my destination. And, um, and the worst part is, is when you do that, like you're not going to hear about every accident that happens mm-hmm. and you don't know like, oh, what if I took that route? Maybe I would have hit a pedestrian. Like that's how I would like confirm it to myself is I would mm-hmm. be like, well, you can, you, you can never confirm that it didn't save your life or somebody else's life or, yeah, you know, <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, but yeah, I would like obsessively do that. I've got a car accident story where I ignored the promptings of the Holy Ghost. And you got in a car accident? Yeah, and then after, yeah, this will lead into my my theory of the subconscious supercomputer. Oh, but okay. anyway, <laughs> I'm excited so, to hear about it. So, uh, me and my wife, our first apartment was off of uh, McLeod Trail, close to Heritage Drive. Right. Um, and so, when we were first married, she was working. I was in university, and she would take the C train to downtown to work, and then I'd pick her up at the end of the day from the C-Train station. Um, so I'm driving, and I'm about to turn onto McLeod Trail from our apartment complex. Yeah. And this is, McLeod Trail ends up having four lanes yeah. at this particular part, right by Chinook Center. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And and there's cars going, like, all over the place, right? Yeah. And there's a back road I could have taken to Heritage Station from our apartment, but it was kind of like, you know, it would add like five minutes to the trip. Right. And I was like, no, I'll just sit here. So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And I really keep getting this feeling, no, take some of the back roads around to Heritage. Don't take McLeod, just take some of the back roads around. And I'm waiting and waiting. And then finally, like a spot opens up for me. I make the turn. And as I'm making the turn, a big truck comes and cuts into that lane and sideswipes my front bumper. Truck's totally fine. We had a little Civic back then. The front bumper's like off. Wow. And then because I hadn't completed my turn yet, it was technically my fault, and I had to pay for my own bumper out of pocket. It was like six or seven hundred bucks, which for I mean like two young Marys starting their life uh, is you know cleared yeah. out the savings account. Yeah. Um. So that was a yeah that was a bit of a bummer, and I remember thinking I was like oh the spirit prompted me to take the quieter back roads. But as I was making my exit from the church, I started thinking about situations like that where, like, I'd feel a prompting or something tell me to avoid something and to do something else. And what I think, and I have absolutely nothing to justify this or back this up, but because the human mind is always looking for meaning, it's like your subconscious is this supercomputer that's always making connections between things. Yeah. Even if you're not consciously doing it, it's always trying to, it's just rapidly taking in data it, from it, everything. It needs to make detect, sense uh, of then it starts, the world. Yeah. And it just starts trying to make sense of the data that's constantly being input into it. And then what comes out, the output of that ends up being, I'm not really consciously thinking, man, McLeod Trail is a freaking gong show and it's going to take me forever to turn right. And even if I do make this right turn, there's so many freaking cars here. I'm going to get hit. I'm not consciously thinking that, but my brain is pulling in all this information. 
and then it's just trying to tell me, this is crazy, go take the quieter streets. Yeah. Less chance, less risk of disaster. Mm-hmm. And so I think when people run into these spiritual promptings or whatever, it's that their brain is processing the situation yeah. unconscious, or subconsciously yeah. and making connections between all the data points mm-hmm. and then putting a thought into your brain to do something else. Yeah. Well, and I mean, especially if you've got anxiety or OCD or these other things that make you obsess over, you know, the meaning of things and the way things are organized, you know, uh, that's going to have a huge effect on you as well, right? The um, the need to figure out why you do something or why you should do something and uh, being able to, like having a framework that gives meaning to those things, the things in your life that make no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we latch on to that um, and, and obsess over it. Mm-hmm. And then I like I see like I have a naturally anxious personality, mm-hmm. and then I just saw how Mormonism turned the dial up to eleven. Yep. On the anxiety, with all the connections and revelations you're looking for, it just dialed it up to eleven. And it was like as soon as I stopped believing in the church, it was like all this brain activity stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Like needless overactivity. Yeah. I think I've talked about that. Like, my parents, I remember them, when I came up from my mission, they are like, son, you keep, like, shooting yourself in the foot because you just seem to be a real overthinker and you can't just relax and enjoy your life. Yep, yeah. And I was like, I don't know how to stop being an overthinker, but, like, as soon as I stop doing the church stuff, I don't overthink anything. Yeah, yeah, like, suddenly, because when you tell somebody this is the most important thing in the universe... And they mm-hmm. take it seriously. Like, yeah. I mean, what do you expect? What do you expect is going to happen, right? Yeah. And and uh, that's what we did. And I, uh, I mean, I had one one friend say, "Oh, well, of of course you left the church." Jokingly, we both mm-hmm. know this person. He's like, "Of course you left the church. You you took it too seriously." It's always always the people who take it too seriously who are the first ones out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'm like, yeah, like. But like, what else are you supposed to do? What was I supposed to do with this? You know, yeah. just, just be like, oh, yeah, I, I know eternal marriage is the most important thing, but I won't rush it. It's like, what? Are you crazy? Speaking How of eternal marriage, this is like a side thing. I've got a couple friends who just got engaged. Mm-hmm. They've been dating for a month. Oh, dear. And they, they've known each other for less than a year. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> It's and they get married in a month too. Like it's like a two month relationship, and then they're they're married. Wow! Um, All the best to them. Yeah, rolling the dice I, on their future. Yeah, I I mean I hope it works out. And for some people, it, some people do make it work. But mm-hmm. that's not like a testament to the church. That's a testament to uh, you must have been okay for each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I know good for like you. It's just. Like, it's a lot of dumb luck when it works out, I yeah. think. Or the church just, I think the church does have a power to keep people together who would otherwise leave each other. Yes, but I think also, you know, on the topic of spiritual promptings, you get it in your head that, like, when you are horny and you think, oh, I want to be with them forever, I want to marry them, you know? Mm-hmm. 
that you know you take that as a spiritual prompting um i never i never conflated those feelings i i don't know i think i think in mormonism there is though because right because um their sex is behind a paywall right like, yeah, yeah you have to get married right yeah um and and so i i think there ends up being this like conflation of sex and marriage right mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, in, yeah. instead yeah. of letting those things be be separate Evolve. aspects of a relationship right yeah um and so yeah so i i think sometimes that gets in people's head but i i know somebody else who it was like three weeks like get home from their mission find this girl and literally married like at the temple three weeks later that's so do you know what, like... They're divorced, I my, so to skip yeah. to the end of that one. They, not they're not together. I like, I remember our mission president was, like, a real common sense guy. And he, I remember him saying, I don't recommend that any of you get married within the first year and a half of coming home. Good. Some people do, and I wish them all the best, but I don't recommend you guys do anything like that. Yeah. And then he gave us, like, this uh, Dallin Oaks talk on dating versus hanging out, but he kind of gave it to us more, like... Salt Lake, I am legally obligated by Salt Lake to make sure you guys read this talk before going. You know, he may as well have said that. He was just kind of like, I don't know, you guys are people, like, you'll figure it out, but here's a talk that Salt Lake wants me to give to every missionary before they go home. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I speaking of that mission president, I remember being in interviews and him asking me how things were going and me telling him some of the more, like, intense spiritual experiences I was having. And his reaction was, without saying these words, was basically like, I think you're taking this too seriously. Mm -hmm. Right? That was always how I felt whenever I talked to him, was he thought I was someone who needed to dial it down. But I was kind of like, well, then he's an apostate. Right. Yeah, like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't compute. Like, he's wrong. Yeah. And I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, yeah the the way we get about stuff like that i mean and then you you start judging all the other mormons um i i know i've had a lot of friends come home from their missions and they're better than everybody else they're more mm -hmm. righteous than ever, everybody else suddenly their family isn't doing enough and their you know their their friends aren't aren't doing enough like every missionary needs this cool down time yeah uh, before, uh, before they can be normal, like <laughs> their oh, normal totally. life. It's like what a uh, counselor Davis shared that one time on the show about how he shared a book of Mormon mm -hmm. with a guy, and the guy's like, "Ah, oh, I'm okay, thank you." And yeah. then, and then he took it to somebody else, and he saw that as like a sign from God or something. God. You know, yeah. like, yeah, you're gonna see it in everything. You're gonna have spiritual promptings about everything. Um, like, yeah, when I, like what we talked about last week with me leaving, um, mm -hmm. and, po and posting about it, I had a couple people say, I feel prompted to share this with you. And they share like a verse or something. And mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I don't know what, you know, like your promptings for you, I guess, you know, yeah. to feel like you did, you did the right thing to get a, a spiritual missionary experience. You can share an elders quorum this week. You know, 
like yeah. I I hope I get talked about in somebody's elders quorum as like you uh, hope you're important enough. I hope I'm important enough. I know I've been talked about in ward council though. Um, really? Yeah, it was when I was living in my car. Um. Uh yeah, that would do it. Yeah, yeah. The yeah that that would the... that might have even been a good thing. <laughs> the <laughs> the bishop was like, so uh, Alex is, uh, and that's how he talks, he's, Alex is, uh, or Elder Jackson is uh, living in his car. Hmm. And then the the sister missionaries who, I'm actually still friends with both of the sisters that were in the ward at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, they were both like, yep, but um, he's fine. He's just like living in his car right now. You know, he's just having a little adventure. And the bishop's oh, okay. like, are we sure uh, he's okay? And they're they're like, yeah, we've talked to him, we've seen him. And then I show up at church, and everybody's just kind of like, are you okay? All the all the old ladies serving in the ward, are you are you doing all right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I like had long hair and was right. living out of my car. I showered every day. I had a full time job. Like <laughs> things were okay, yeah. but uh, yeah, they were worried about me, which I guess I appreciate. Thanks for the concern. Um, but, that's one. That's one time where it's like church doing something right you know right. what i mean it is like guy living in his car maybe we should see if he's okay right right <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's okay but why why is there like a gossip club every day before church that everybody gets together uh all well, the all the cool people you know the elders quorum president and which can i say when i was in the elders quorum presidency i was the secretary and i went mm-hmm. to so many ward councils Hardly anybody yeah. else in the presidency went. And uh, really, yeah, yeah. I was just being extra righteous, collecting them blessings. I've um, actually prepared an outline on Word Council, but yeah. I want to save it for when we have a bit of a panel together. That would be fun. I think it'll be. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Word Council, where Bishop Jensen and Elder Jackson take down the Word Council. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, there's just like there's things in there that systematically make ward council a gossip fest. Like it is a gossip fest by design. Oh, t- absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there in the in you know we ask that the spirit will be here with us today um, as we gossip heartily about <laughs> about brother so and so and sister so and so who are struggling through their divorce right now and uh talk, like <laughs> that was well, the, like the funnest manual say like, things like make sure make sure you discuss individuals and the needs of individuals and right. focus on individuals yeah how can you talk about individuals without basically gossiping right and then the sunday school president it's like why who the hell invited this guy right well and in my ysa ward that i was in uh they had like the activities chair in there too like the the person who's planning ward activities and is is in there um and then everybody would go through their business and the activities person would say so um we're planning to have uh chicken at Mm -hmm. the uh break the fast this week and then the bishopric is like chicken why why would we have chicken beef is on sale at costco right now it's like okay well i'll look at the look at the flyer and then they i'm not even kidding pulled out the flyer like all they had the flyer in there and like this was like part of the meeting was looking through flyers for what's on sale yeah (laughs) and 
yeah, oh, it's so many, so many fun times. I actually really liked my YSA awards, but they sometimes I was like, guys, <laughs> what is, what are we doing here? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, good times, good times, classic. Yeah, we'll have to do an episode on the ward council. The ward council. Put it in your calendars, folks. It'll be coming. Someday. Um, Just subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. Give us feedback on mormon at gmail.com. Yeah. Let us know if you'd want to come on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm not going to lie. It's really boring talking to Bishop Jensen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Likewise, you'll... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We just spend like three hours every week chatting um (laughs) at least so well i mean speaking of your boring life um you recently (laughs) actually got your confirmation of resignation right okay yeah actually this is interesting so not not a confirmation of my resignation that's yet that's yet to come but i did go and meet with the bishop um so you don't you don't have to go and meet with the bishop um in Mm -hmm. person that's that's not necessary um but when I emailed my bishop, it took a while for him to get back to me, uh, which he apologized for because he's he's never had to do it. He's a new bishop, mm-hmm. obviously, um, yeah. but he he's never had to go through this process before, and uh, so it took him a hot second to reply to me. Um, and I'm not like running away from the church, you know. Nobody's harassing mm-hmm. me. My best friends are still Mormon, you know. Like uh, I'm not I'm not in a tough situation that other people might find themselves in. So mm-hmm. I was okay with the little bit of a wait. So he asked me if I could come in and sit down with him. And, uh, and so I did. That was this past Wednesday. And I, uh, I, I sat down with him, and he told me in the email as well. He's like, I'm not going to try and talk you out of it or anything. He's like, I've just never done this and, and would like to just walk through the process with you if that's okay. And I'm like, yeah. So he read the handbook section with me of like what it means when you leave, that mm-hmm. uh, if you want to come back, you'll have to do this and this. And um, he was really quite casual and kind about it. He's um, he's my sister's bishop, and my my sister really really likes him. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, <clears throat> nice guy. Like that was all good. And uh, he asked me. He's like, so why do you? He he and he, he said he said you don't have to answer this. He says, but I'm. He says I'm curious. Um, so that I can know for other people as well, um, why is it that you want to remove your records instead of just leaving? Disappearing? Yeah. And uh, I, I explained, I'm like, it's a little bit of closure. Like, it just kind of lets me say <clears throat> that chapter of my life is over. Like, I'm not Mormon anymore. And then when people ask me, if I'm religious or anything, I just say no, you know, uh, instead of, well, technically like Mormons have my <laughs> records and blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, yeah. I told him, I'm like, I just want it to be done. And, um, so yeah, so he was, uh, pretty good about that. We went through and then said, yeah, okay. So I think all you have to do is write a letter saying you want to leave, sign it. And then he, gave me his home address and he's like just drop it off at my place and um, mm-hmm. just leave it in the mailbox and um 
and I'll get it to the stake president. So he was really good about it, which I was glad about. Um, and then Institute was going on that night as well at the Institute building. So the, the ward I'm technically mm -hmm. in uh, meets at the Institute building. And, uh, and so I uh, went and chatted with the Institute teacher afterwards Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I gave him the CES letter. I was like, here, ever read this? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Is this no. a, the no. institute teacher that we both know? Yes. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So did he figure out why you were there? Well, so I'm actually friends with him. Like he, he was my seminary teacher mm -hmm. um, in, in high school. Like my, I think, grade 11 year of seminary was his first year of teaching seminary, I think. And, um, and so we, uh, we're, we're friends and he already knew that I was out. Like I, um, I talked to him about it way back in January. Like we had lunch and just chatted and, um, we've always kind of had open discussions. Um, and so we chatted till almost midnight actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I was, I was there pretty, pretty late and, um, then, uh, yeah, we were, we were chatting and it was, um, it was a good, good conversation. And I, I talked to him, I was like, you know, my biggest concern is that there's nowhere to talk about these things. And he tries to make his Institute class a place where people can be a little bit more open about their doubts and struggles. Mm -hmm. And, um, one thing he said to me, he's like, he's like, even if you came to one of my institute classes, Elder Jackson, he says, even if you came to one of my institute classes and you asked a question, because him and I tease each other a lot, like mm -hmm. we give each other a hard time about about things, and yeah. um, and he uh, he said, even if you came in and you asked like a really tough question about polygamy or something and did it in like a cheeky way to like poke at me. He's like, even though I knew that you were teasing me, he's like, I wouldn't tease you back in that setting because he's like, I want to help other people validate their own doubts and, you know, understand that that's okay and stuff. And, um, I thought that was pretty nice. Um, and, uh, so I think, you know, the church still isn't true. <laughs> um, but, I think it's nice that there are some people who at least try and make it uh, a better place. Um, yeah. yeah, like how far can you get polishing a turd? Right, um, exactly. And, that, and right. that's the way I feel about it. But yeah. um, if, if, at least, if at least being Pimo is a little less hard for people, and there's at least some more more room to um, have open conversations. I mean, this institute teacher he told me he said he's like uh, he he's like yeah uh, the institute director and stuff in the area has been pretty supportive of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. He said, but mm -hmm. he's like I know there are some institute programs that would have given me the boot for mm -hmm. the the lessons I teach and the way that I teach them. He's like. I don't go off the manual. He's like, I go off the manual as much as like is needed to say, yes, technically I'm teaching what the, you know, the prophets say to teach. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, 
yeah, so I mean, church still isn't true, but hopefully for the people who get sucked in and get stuck there, um, I don't know, hopefully, hopefully it can become a better place through, you know, people doing stuff like that, I think. I think it can, but it's kind of like, like how how much can you improve the conditions in a concentration camp? Right. Yeah. Right. Like this, we can all agree that we'd probably be better off if we just weren't here. Yeah. So, it, and I think that kind of goes back to like first episode. The the church, the people are perfect. The church isn't. Mm-hmm. Where you've got these pimos who are making things a better place, but they're only making it a better place because the place they're in is so shitty in the first place. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't so shitty, then they wouldn't be doing anything amazing. Like, what is this institute teacher actually doing that's amazing? I think it was interesting when you said he referred to it as hard questions. Like, if you came in and asked a hard question, mm-hmm. well, the only thing that makes polygamy a hard question is that they've lied about it for so long. Right. It's not hard to answer. Yep. We know how many wives he had. We know how old they were. Yep. We know the circumstances of all these marriages. It's very, very easy to answer that question. Yeah, yeah. It's only hard because they lied about it. Right, and and it, it's it's hard because it hurts what you mm-hmm. what you thought and what you've been taught, um, and yeah, yeah, and and I mean what you're talking about, like you can't really polish a turd. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, like, unfortunately, some people treat that turd like it's their God. I know. Like, right? I know. Like, but it, it, yeah, it, it's stupid. I think, I think we should do a full episode about people trying to make the church a, a better place and the, and the way we feel about that. Um, because yeah, I've got, I've got family and friends who, who try and make it a better place like the, like this Institute teacher. Um, but it's like, that doesn't make it true though. Right. Like, and that, that's what really, that, that, that's what irks me. But I Mm -hmm. know that there are people who will never leave it. Like it's a, a, it's a, a prison that they've been brainwashed into and then Mm -hmm. auto indoctrinated into, right? Like a lot of this we do to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, okay. So I was taught since birth, like never missed a Sunday until, until COVID. And I just stopped going then. Um, and I was, you know, taught that since birth, but then you eventually, eventually the brainwashing is done and the other people don't need to brainwash you anymore. And mm-hmm. you just start doing it to yourself. Yeah. Right. I think that's, you know, the best thing the church does is teach you to brainwash yourself, read your scriptures every day, say your prayers mm-hmm. every day, write in your journal about how much you love Jesus, you know, uh, and yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of a prison of our own making. And if if you can be in and make that prison a little bit more bearable for people, I think in the long run, it'll get more people out. Mm-hmm. Um, and or just turn the church into a, a country club with a really dark past, <laughs> like all country clubs. Which, like it's okay because all of all religion has a dark past, right? Yeah. But if you go to kind because of, like, mainstream Christianity, 
I think is definitely going away from biblical literalism, right? I, I think in most of the world. I get the sense it, that the U.S. is leaning into it a little bit. It's just like your fundamentalist or your evangelicals mm -hmm. who are clean. But if you go to like a Presbyterian church or a Methodist church or an Anglican church yeah. or a Catholic church, most of them are going to be like, yeah, the Bible is just kind of what you make from it. Hopefully we can, there's some good lessons here and we can live a better life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if you go to that church where it's like, I don't believe it's literal and nobody tells me it's literal and I just go here to be a better person, cool. When it's, I don't think this is literal, but I'm going to go to a church that says this is literal and then does some harmful things by saying it's literal, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to try and correct those things. It's like, don't go. Yeah, yeah. Just stop going. Yeah, but that, right? but it's also your community, right? Like if, if you were born and raised in that, yeah, and, and you leave and you risk losing your friends and family, and this is what I told somebody on one of the interviews, he he said, you know, well, what if, what if like this was, what if you lived in like a Mormon colony? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, then I I wouldn't leave because where am I gonna go? Like yeah. that elder Ballard, well, where will you go? What what will you do? Dude, you know, yeah. if you're stuck in it, where are you gonna go? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, this is my food. This is my family. This is my livelihood. If you don't believe it, keep it to yourself. You know, um, yeah, and and so I I think everybody's got their own tough decision to make on whether they stay in and how they stay in, and they make that decision based on things that matter to them, which mm -hmm. usually ends up being family. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel I feel like we should do uh, like a full episode on people trying to change the church down the line. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so stay tuned. Subscribe, follow, whatever, like, um, tweet, uh, Instagram, share, a love heart, uh, heart emoji, angry face emoji, depending how you feel about about what we said, uh, and email us at unmormon at gmail dot com. Uh, any final thoughts, Bishop? No, with that, we'll close in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.